Welcome to Agribusiness Conversations, the podcast with your business in mind. I am talking to the president and founder of Land Fund Partners, John Ferris. In 2013, John and his co-founder, Chris Morris, started Land Fund Partners. Land Fund acquires, manages, and improves row crop farmland in the lower Mississippi River Valley. And the company currently manages over 30,000 acres across its pooled investment vehicles and direct investment accounts. Let's get started. John, as the founder and president of Land Fund Partners, first, thank you so much for being on the show. So let's start out with you explaining to me why you started Land Fund Partners. Well, first, thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on this podcast. I started Land Fund Partners in 2012, but it has a you know a story dating back to the 90s where I worked at the World Bank in uh, Washington, D.C., and part of my role there was to look at food security and specifically food security in Asia and um, got really interested in the idea of how the global economy uh, with a macroeconomics background, how the global economy is in need and potentially have food shortages that grow with the population growth and running out of arable and tillable land. So as I continued my journey, I was a professor of economics at Center College in Danville, Kentucky, and that was during the financial crisis. And I was looking for ways to diversify portfolios, looking at portfolios where people really had all the same stuff and looking specifically at how agriculture and commodities performed during that time. And about the same time was connected with a trust company out of uh, the Mississippi River Valley, Helena, Arkansas. And we were working with them on their financial plan and noticed that they had done a great job accumulating farmland, specifically in the Mississippi River Valley, close to Clarksville, Mississippi, on the Mississippi River, close to Helen, Arkansas, Phillips County, Arkansas, and that they had a great vertically integrated operation, but they were probably going to be stretched to acquire any more farmland and came to them with the idea that, hey, this is a great investment opportunity for many folks like me and others who want to get in but can't pay enough to buy a, a whole farm. And when you learn the unit economics, you know that you need, you know, some scale to make the farms valuable and it's a good investment and, and attractive to farmers. So came to the trust with the idea, hey, why don't you guys identify farmland that you think other farmers would feel is an attractive uh, asset? I would, you know, try to pool capital. I put some of my own capital in and you put some of your capital in and we'll bring investors in. And that was in 2013. We identified a piece of property in Moon Lake, Mississippi. And I went, you know, at the time, uh, when talked to a lot of folks I know, said, hey, you know, here's, here's an opportunity. It's a little bit different than anything else you own. And we're going to cash rent this farm and we're going to pay 3% dividends and we're going to have, you know, appreciation on the farm. And investors really liked that idea. We're a bit smaller in terms of minimums and really gave them something different. And that first fund was oversubscribed. And I said, let's try to do this again if we can. And that's how the business has grown over the last eight years. I think one of the things that I'm most impressed by is that you were fully invested from the get-go. You identified this need from the 2008 crisis and really trying to find more stable avenues for investors. And that's what you found with, with farmland. 
which I think is great. I mean, 2008 was hard for everyone. And here we go again with another recession and challenging time ahead of us. Right. That's right. I was looking for something when I looked at portfolios, there was not much diversification. Investors that I know would call me and say, hey, look, you know, I, I'm, I'm down. You know, I thought I was diversified. I had five different, uh, five different accounts, five different brokers. And I would say, well, that's not really diversification. If you look in those accounts, I remember looking at a family office who had me come in and review their portfolio that they had lost 20, 20 to 25% in 2008. And they said, how did that happen? I thought I was diversified. Well, you look in every one of they they did have a lot of different brokers and a lot of different accounts, but every one of those accounts had to be truly diversified. You have to have non-correlated assets. And farmland is, is a true diversifier, good for you know, five to fifteen percent of someone's portfolio. It's stable. It's you know linked to inflation. Good inflation hedge, and you know you're you're always going to have a potential to grow something on the land, and therefore produce you know cash and rent that uh, is valuable. It's not a paper asset. I think our investors really appreciate that. I mean, I know we're going to go into some of this, but one of the things we hear back constantly from investors, certainly during turbulent times, is they don't have to look at their account every day to know it's there. It's not paper. And when we send them quarterly updates and drone flyovers, we get so much positive feedback from our investors. Oh, I, I can see my asset. You know, it's a physical asset. So um, it's been real rewarding. And um, it is a true diversifier. And particularly in March of 2020 this year, you know, we had a lot of uh, folks calling us, thanking us for having an asset that uh, wasn't uh, imploding in front of them. Now, things have recovered in the market certainly since then and on certain stocks and assets. But, but you know, during times when it, you need that diversification, you're glad you have it when the market is facing challenges. Absolutely. That confidence is everything. Now, I do kind of want to jump in a little bit to some questions specific to things that I found on your website, which specifically states that you acquire, manage, and improve farmland. What is your business process for acquiring land? You touched base on it a little bit. Um, but I'm sure that relationships and word of mouth play a huge role in what you're doing. Yes, they do. Our team is is local. We have roots there, and relationships are big. Uh, we're not a fund out of a lot of bigger funds or or out of or created out of New York on the West Coast, and particularly San Francisco. In New York, have two very very large farmland funds. We are smaller. We're local. Uh, we have our roots in the Mississippi River Valley. And we do uh, work with local landowners, oftentimes um, in estate issues where families generationally have moved away from the farm and they want someone to take care of that farm, take it over for them and manage it in such a way that, you know, respects the land. It's a very emotional thing uh, for a family. A lot of farms have been in uh, multiple generations and they want to know that whoever takes over their land is going to have be a um, good steward of the land. and treat the land properly, not over, over farm the land. And so we have that reputation. Um, we have the reputation of also treating people well at the closing table, meaning people are selling farms. You know, we want to respect them, respect that it's an emotional thing for them and want to make sure that they know, you know, our practices for the land uh, now and into the future. So we do, I don't know if now is the right time, but to go into, you know, the, the business model of acquiring and managing and farmland or you want to stay with the relationships because when we work all of our relationships have come to bear with our state attorneys local state attorneys farmers just it's a really reputational based business 
I completely understand that it's an emotional transaction. And since you guys are local and in the Mississippi River Valley, I hear you when you say that, you know, it's important to you guys to do what's right for the families and for the land. So if you want to dive into sort of the the business model part of things, let's go ahead and dive into that. Feel free, John, take it over. Okay, great. So in terms of what we do, it's pretty basic, but, you know, you want to walk through we are not the farmers of the land. We acquire the land for our investors. And then after acquiring the land, oftentimes we are putting capital back into the land. We're improving the irrigation systems. Oftentimes we're precisionally leveled the land so that the farmer that comes on the land will conserve water and use less and it'll be more attractive to use a drip irrigation system. So our basic function is to find land that's maybe undercapitalized. I don't want to use the word distressed because the land itself is oftentimes really good, but it's been undercapitalized. That it needs improvements, it needs ditching in certain areas. So we will acquire that land and we will then talk to half a dozen to a dozen large farming operations. I mean, it's oftentimes even before we acquire the land and say, hey, if we do these improvements, what would you rent the land for? And oftentimes it's a per acre discussion. What would you rent it it for per acre, per total acre? And we can then underwrite the land to try to then make sure that our investors are are receiving on a gross basis, close to 5% of the land value in cash rent. And that cash rent, you know, after paying property taxes, Insurance and fees is then we then dividend try to dividend between three and a half to four percent out to our investors every year. And we've been successful doing it, but it comes from our underwriting process. So we also use a little bit of leverage, which is debt. We have some great lenders and the rates are very favorable. So we oftentimes use between forty and fifty percent leverage. So that that helps the return. Basic investment theory when you use when you have a return that's higher than your your debt rate you know you, as long as you're not overextending yourself you know it's good to use some leverage and then finally the land has been appreciating and we do some work to it to to help that appreciation but our, the land in in our area because of water and a number of other factors has been increasing between four and seven percent a year for the last 50 years and in fact if you look at any holding period the average is generally between that four and seven percent. So we have three parts to our return for our investors, but based at its basic level, what we're doing is seeking farmland, large tracts that often undercapitalize. We're in the process of acquiring one right now with that has 17 heirs. They've owned the land for over a hundred years, but the heirs have all moved away. Farm hasn't received the capital and need that it has. And then what we do is we buy our relationships and boots on the ground. We talk to that family and say, hey, you know, we can buy this, fix it, fix it up, bring good farmers and, and make sure that the farm is uh, stable and producing into the future. So we do that, done that, you know, across now five funds. We're on our fifth fund and they're closed in funds and, and all the property for the first four fund has been acquired and is, is doing real well. We have zero vacancy on our farms. And um, we've never had a delinquent payment from our farmers. So, and we've been able to dividend out uh, to investors on average between three and four percent a year across our funds. Fantastic. So, just for clarification, 
a lot of times you're not dealing with leaseback managers. You're dealing with already established farms that are local in the area. After you already put improvements on the land, like you said, you're appreciating that land. You're giving them something that's really valuable and easy to work with, it sounds like. So it's never a problem of vacancy, which I mean, if vacancy was a problem, you guys wouldn't be a business, but you guys are providing value on both ends, which is really, really incredible. Yes. I mean, I think so. Yeah. I mean, what we're doing is making sure that that it's an attractive farm for the best farmers. We have between a half dozen, a dozen, some very large, but most mostly local farmers who farm generally between 5,000 and 25,000 to 50,000 acres. And those farmers don't own land. So they're looking to lease more and more land so they can spread the uh, fixed cost of their equipment over additional acres, which lowers the marginal cost of their equipment and uh, the variable cost of their operation. And so we want to make sure that it's, when they come on the land that is turnkey, that they're going to pay the highest rent. We're going to receive the highest rent. And that we're actively talk to them about the crops that they plant, but they're not part of our operation. You know, we, we have a stable of them and we want the, you know, the best farmer for the best land. But we all also want the best price, cash price for our investors. So, so yeah, so we're, we are improving the asset actively. I think that's maybe different than some of the other funds out there. We actively look for land that we can improve and bring on uh, large cash rent farmers. Great. Now, from the investment side, let's dive into that a little bit more. We've talked a lot about the management and the type of farmers that you're looking for. Is there a minimum investment and how do you qualify investors? Yes, we have a minimum investment, $100,000. In the past, it's been a little lower and a little higher depending on the fund. But for our open fund, it's a $100,000 investment. Uh, we can take that investment through a self-directed IRA. But we, we want the investors to be accredited. I and mean, that definition of credit is that you're a sophisticated investor and have enough assets to do something that is not maybe a public uh, offering. So this is a private offering. We get a rate D exemption from the SEC. And in that private offering, the investors have to be accredited. And that generally means have a million dollars of assets to invest or make above a certain uh, income level. And so we attract um, investors a lot of times through investment managers who are called registered investment advisors, RIAs. And they see this as a value add to a lot of their clients. We are able to use their platforms. A lot of the RIAs clear through either TD Ameritrade, Schwab, who are now become one and the same, or Fidelity. So we've received QCIPs, which means a ticker, almost like a ability to to invest directly from their RA, you know, to our platform. That's where a lot of our investors come from. We also have family offices who reached out to us, family offices looking for something uh, different, diversifier. And then we have funds of funds, which have put some. We have some funds that have put together looking for real assets. And they may uh, take that fund to fund and invest in us because we are certainly a real asset. And then, you know, we're something different. And so we've had some, certainly some funds of funds. We've had some uh, trust companies uh, invest alongside us for their clients. And then also, you know, just some high net worth individuals who find us looking for something different. We get a lot of 
compliments from them because it is not paper asset. It's some physical and they can go down and see it. We had one group who was considering making an investment out of Louisville, Kentucky, and they actually sent someone down to test the soils and came back and said, yeah, we really like what we saw. We want to you know, put in over a million dollars in this investment. So we encourage that. We encourage investors to uh, come down and see the land and see their asset. And it's their asset. It's a physical asset. We actually deed the property to the limited partnership. So they own a piece of that land and um, they should know what they own. Now, as far as dividends go, when do your investors expect a dividend each year? And um, obviously, I'm really excited about the fact that your investors come out and visit your properties. How often does that happen? So let me answer your first question, um, and then I'll talk about the visiting the properties. Yeah. So we dividend out uh, once a year. It's generally in Q4. It's generally in November. The cash rent comes to us. Uh, half of it comes in February. The other half comes in October, early November. We then use that for the cash rent from the farmers, and then we take that uh, cash rent. You know, we use a little bit to pay off debt and pay off amortized property, but then we make sure we get the dividends out between three and four percent to investors in Q4. As far as visiting the property, yeah, we've had a number of investors come, and we tell them it's best to come during harvest. Because, you know, then they can see the full operation, the sort of fruits of, of the labor of the year, what has been actually grown on the property, and they can see it being harvested and taken to either the combine or to the port. They can, you know, see all the action of a vertically integrated farm and how it all works. And so we've had visitors come almost every year from different funds, and we encourage that. And we would like for them to come see what's going on, see the property, really understand it. And, you know, oftentimes that uh, that makes them feel uh, pretty proud of what they've invested in. Yes. Now, you've touched based on it a little bit. I already see some of the differences about what, you know, actually sets land fund partners apart from other investment options. However, I want to give you the opportunity to sort of just hit that home one more time about, you know, why you encourage investors to actually um, participate in, you know, some of the funds that you guys offer. Yeah. I mean, I think what we do specifically is you're getting a team that's been had boots on the ground for our farm management team, you know, over 40 years, some of our farm managers, and we know property that, that we're acquiring and we underwrite it such that we're going to make improvements, make it the highest and best use. And we're going to, if you look at your fixed income portfolio right now, you'll probably see receiving one, maybe 2% you know, as a dividend from your fixed income portfolio. We're, you know, we're going to offer diversification away from that fixed income, but also pay you, you know, three to 4% dividend a year. We're adding value to the land, appreciating you know, so we have appreciation that comes in between four and seven percent generally for our land uh, annually, and then with a little bit of leverage, our our last loan that we received from Farm Credit Services was at two point two five percent on a thirty year AM. So between those three factors, we have a target return for our funds between ten and twelve percent of an overall cumulative compound annual uh, growth rate or IRR of uh, between ten and twelve percent. It's a stable asset. 
And um, even times during recession or, you know, inflation. And then we recently looked at no matter which parties in, in power, farmland continues to do well and tick up. And I think that's because they're, they've run out of arable and tillable land in Asia, uh, specifically China. The population continues to grow. And all of the macroeconomic factors tell you that, that you know, protein consumption increasing, you see the the need for high quality U.S. farmland that has the infrastructure to get that farmland, you know, 80% of it stays domestically, but there is that 20% that we're helping to feed the rest of the world. They're, they rely on us because we have the most, we have the best infrastructure, the best, you know, stable uh, transportation system to get the food out to the world. So it's something different, good for between five and 15%, I think of everyone's portfolio. Because it is, you know, I hear people say, well, you know, I'm going to buy gold because I'm scared of what's going to happen in the market. Well, you know, I think as someone famously said, I know he was Warren Buffett, you know, farmland's like gold with a coupon. You you actually get all the attributes of gold, but you actually get, you know, a dividend every year because you're growing something on that property every year. And then you can use that to return those profits to investors. So, yeah, I think it's a. It's a great investment. Uh, we target between 10 and 12% on our funds. Our funds are very specific in what we're doing, row crop farmland in the Mississippi River Valley. Some people try to do other things, be all things to all people, have some orchards in Florida, have some produce in California, some wineries in Washington, and, and permanent crops and, and ranch crops. But we, we do, we stick to our knitting. We know what we know to do and do it well. And uh, that's why we think it's uh, it's a great place for um, investors to be in our funds. You guys do have a new fund. It was just on your website a little while ago. And I think that's great. But I do want to touch base on your five and 10 year goals for your business. If you don't mind sharing some of those right now. We've been able to accumulate and manage now about 30,000 acres in a 40 mile radius which gives us a lot of scale. Any property that we acquire, will, will we consider, you know, bolting onto our portfolio. Farmers in our area are really excited to, because they set up shop with the scale, they can have 5,000 acres from land fund partners. We offer them another 500 that's adjacent. They're willing to pay even more per acre because it's a scale game for them too. So we're trying to accumulate a footprint in a specific area, you know, with water, with versatile, very, you know, the most versatile soil types that you can have. You can grow anything from rice, peanuts, sweet potatoes, corn, soybeans. Um, you know, you have cotton, you have lots of options. So the farmers really like that. Midwest, you know, you're really limited to corn and soybeans. Down in the Mississippi River Valley, the Delta, you can grow all those um, now with uh, heat-resistant seeds. So our goal is continue to gain scale, to continue to broaden our footprint, and that allows us to demand a higher and higher cash rent from our farmers. We've seen it increase from year to year. You know, we target you know uh, between a ten and twenty percent increase in rent. We have not had any uh, land that uh, has gone down in terms of over the last uh, eight eight to ten years in terms of. Rents, rents have stayed stable and gone up. 
So we want to continue that trend, build our footprint out further. And then as we look at options for our investors who've been with us, you know, potentially, depending on the situation, you know, potentially have a large uh, recap or allow certain investors to, to exit the funds and maybe a new source of capital come in, whether that's through the public markets or a private upread or a big private equity firm. We haven't decided, but that won't be for, uh, you know, a few years. Right now, our main focus is, you know, just to c- continuing to accumulate land and scale in a certain area. And I think when you can have a footprint like we have, it attracts a lot of potential buyers, but it also attracts a lot of big farmers who want to pay more and more per acre. And that's, that's great for investors. Great. No, thanks for sharing, John. And it's one of those things that it makes perfect sense. Like when you're talking about expanding your footprint and, you know, it really is valuable to the farmers when they know they can buy adjacent farmland. It's just a better investment for them as well. Kind of wrapping up the conversation a little bit, is there anything that we may have missed that you, you know, really want the audience to know? Yeah, I think a couple things that would be uh, for the audience to know is that we do have a very actively researching uh, the ability to cover crop in the winters with our farmers. And that would provide some carbon sequestration, hard word to say, but uh, allow us to become potentially carbon neutral on our farms, but uh, then maybe even depending on the the land uh, to be negative. And um, I think that's an important trend. We want our investors to know that. We want our potential investors to know that, that we're that we are, we are aware, you know, of climate change and its impact, and therefore we're wanting to be part of the solution. And on our farms, we've had active discussions with our farmers along those lines, but it's now uh, coming to a point where we can expect in the future that we're dramatically reducing our carbon f- footprint. And we do that already with our drip irrigation. So we use less diesel on the farm, you know, less, less, less equipment, but we want to do that. And we want to, you know, we have a goal of becoming carbon neutral in the next five years and then potentially, you know, office carbon negative um, as, as our business grows. So that's one thing. I think the other thing we want to let investors know or listeners know, I guess, is that we have an active fund open, our fund five, so far, we've acquired uh, one property in the fund, and we we have a pipeline of five to six really good farms that we feel like farm farmland usually trades hands. Um, usually, sales happen Q4. We're lining up those for a sale a purchase on our end, and we've underwritten them since we think that they're great investments. They oftentimes bolt on to our other properties. We know we can get higher cash rents once we fix the properties up. That fund, we've raised about $13 million of a $20 million fund. It's open to inv- accredited investors. There's no maximum other than it's a hard cap at $20 million, but $100,000 minimum. And um, we expect the holding period for that fund to be between three and four years. I think that's one of the best things to let listeners know. And they, there's also a video on our website coming out to really show the scale of our operation and our farms. I think just listening to that three-minute video talks a lot about, you know, why we invest and how we do what we do and then how that, you know, works well for investors. I just watched the video a little while ago, and I think it does a great job of explaining um, everything that you've said. 
Now, John, what is the best way to reach you guys? Yes, you can reach us at our website, landfundpartners.com. Reach me directly. I'm Jay Ferris, F-A-R-R-I-S at landfundpartners.com. Or just call our office number. We're 615-678-8331. That's 615-678-8331. That's Land Fund Partners. That's our, our home office is in Nashville. And if you're in Nashville, you can come see us. Or if you want to come see our land, we're happy to give give tours to potential investors. Great. Thank you, John. And thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And I'm excited to get the word out for you guys. Well, thank you. And, and thanks to the listeners who, who tuned in and really enjoyed this conversation and look forward to doing it again at some point. That wraps up this episode of Agribusiness Conversations. If you're interested in listening to more episodes, tune in to Apple iTunes or podbean.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.